0: What's up, everybody? Today is episode seven of Not A Real Veteran. We have Braxton here. And hey, howdy. Special. Hey, hey. We have no guests today. So it's just us. Um, The guest is our friendship. The guest is our friendship. And there is no better guest. This guest lasts forever. And that's beautiful. But... <laughs> Oh, it's so nailed great. it. I love it. I always get confused on which side is which on this thing with the camera. Um, all right, guys. Well, before we start talking about nonsense, let's go through our important ad reads. So, to get started, the Tennessee Radical Caucus, bro, de- do you know what would
1: be totally triumphant? <laughs> what if we had a radical sponsor for our epic
0: podcast, bro? Do you have any idea of who could possibly be a radical sponsor for this podcast? Hmm. Do you have any ideas? I would guess the Tennessee Radical Caucus, which you can follow on Facebook and Twitter. They are extremely radical and uh, pretty much one of the best caucuses. We'll, we'll comfortably say at least second best, at least. <laughs> I won't say anything past that. Uh, that was awesome, by the way. Great job. Excellent. <laughs> And Bill and Ted are the next sponsors of the show, hopefully. And we have Mr. Thomas Quider for State Senate in New York. You can find him at tomfor52.com. Please go and donate to his campaign. You can also buy lots of things. I've been told he has all kinds of very weird merchandise, so you guys should absolutely go check that out. And very important, Crown by gold. The third book in the Royal Green series by Mr. Jack Casey, we all know and love him. You can find these books at the They're available in paperback and on Kindle, and they're also on amazon.com, the royal green.
1: Man, that one's beautiful. I like that. That's the Royal Green and not the Goblet of Fire.
0: That's correct. Not to be confused. This is this is less of a goblet and more of a torch, I think. It, it is torchy. Say? Oh yeah, yeah. Very torchy. Yeah. Um, not
1: goblety at all. But man, if you're a fan of the fantasy genre or just anything with political intrigue or if you just simply enjoy having your mind blown, kind of regardless of the genre, because I'm kind of that way. I don't care if it's like a drama, uh, if it just has a plot that comes together in a really satisfying way, um, definitely check out the Royal Green Books.
0: Have Have you read them or have you read into them a little bit? So
1: I just think it's a great time to be a fan of fantasy because the technology in Hollywood's really coming up and the movie and it's, it's great you need to read the books
0: fair and we had shannon on not a real libertarian for the pregame last week and she raved about it and she's read all three of them already so she's a serious fan and uh based on her testimony it must be pretty damn good well, So
1: she's I from alaska that. right i believe so i mean they are balls deep into the books the board games the uh i mean seriously everyone i've ever met from there so is that true uh, everyone I've ever met from Alaska—they're board games, books, you know, like the, you know, how many people you met from Alaska?
0: Uh, you know, two or three. Of course, in the military, you meet a lot, but I don't know. That that sounds a little stereotypy. I'm going to steer you away from this. Oh no, it, it definitely
1: is. But go with it. I've never heard of a stereotype that wasn't true.
0: <laughs> fair <laughs> enough. Well, that's a great segue into our next sponsor, Alaskan Raven. You can find them on Facebook at Slick Crow. I'm honestly not sure what they do or who they are, but they pay us to sponsor this show. And so please go visit their Facebook page, and that's all it takes, really. So if anybody else wants us to shout out their Facebook page, pay us money. That's how it works. All right. That's all we got for ad reads. Now let's get to the fun spot, which is our friendship. Friendship. How's life been and man? Uh all right. Man. <laughs> I love it's
1: the references going.
0: today. It's going.
1: Yeah, what about you?
0: Not bad at all, dude. Been I honestly had a great week, been super active and just happy and trying to enjoy the last few weeks of summer. I'm afraid the cold's gonna start coming soon, and that's whenever you know I have to start thinking about things to do inside my house, and that's always lame. So I'm really trying to milk it for all it's worth right now.
1: Hmm. I'm the opposite of you, man. I'm ready for it to cool down and I'm going to be outside a lot more once it does. But why is that? Um, I'm. which way is it? I, I don't like being hot. So does that make me cold natured or does that make me hot natured?
0: That makes you warm natured. Yeah.
1: That makes me warm natured. I do not like being hot. Um, and I, I find myself working outside a good amount of time. So that's not the funnest. Uh, I just prefer it being cool, but down here, I'm just what hundred miles South of you, but I don't mm-hmm. get like near the weather you get, you know, like it, you know, I don't get any of the snow, any of that stuff, just the slightly cooler temperatures. But so there is a difference.
0: Makes perfect sense. Yeah. You guys kind of get the more of the Texas weather a little bit than we do. Honestly.
1: Hey, <laughs>
0: <laughs> North Texas, far North Texas. So, anything been pissing you off in the news this week?
1: I don't watch the news.
0: Hmm. Smart man. Anything been going on pissing you off in general?
1: Uh, Women can still vote, right? (laughs) Yes. Then no.
0: (laughs) Good answer. What do you think about everything happening in Texas with the abortion law? How do you think uh, the, the OKLP and Natalie Bruno got called out on Twitter for not basically attacking those laws? Um, libertarians are very split. Braxton, I'll just out you is a Catholic. So we can kind of, uh, assume your stance, but I know it's not the typical one, but uh, how do you feel about all that?
1: Well, no, I mean, you're exactly right. I am Catholic. And, uh, so, I mean, I am personally pro-life. What that means to me is like, I would tell my wife not to get an abortion, like possibly my little sister, you know, not anyone else, you know? Um, and I mean, I actually really appreciate the libertarian stance. It's perfect where, you know, we don't want prohibition of anything. And, you know, I've been saying for a long time, um, it, I, I mean, I get the pro-life libertarians, the ones that believe that, you know, abortion is impeding on the you know right to life. And I mean, I get that because I'm inclined that way anyways, but prohibition of anything is just terrible. But I really wish we heard way less from politicians. You know, like, I mean, I, I trust doctors overall. Like, what, what do they say the ethics are? And I mean, I don't even mean doctors that are politicians, like straight up doctors. Like, how did they feel about it? So, I mean, no, I'm not I'm not in favor of banning anything, even something that I consider as immoral as or less abortion. Um, I don't want to see it banned because it's the same as drugs. Um, I'm not as drug friendly as some of our libertarian friends, but uh, I don't want them to be banned for a second. You know what I mean? Even though I might disapprove of them.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, I've been trying to get Braxton to do drugs for a very long time to absolutely no avail. Very little (laughs) avail, so I can attest to that. But um, yeah, it's an interesting concept when we start talking about prohibition in that sense because it's like obviously some things have to be prohibited, right? We can't actually have like blatant murder not prohibited. But it gets into this idea of like what's banning. Well, when you ban something, basically means that the crime has to be bad enough that it's worth punishing somebody for. And so when it comes to the question of abortion, do we really think – that mothers who abort their children belong in a cage do we really think that doctors who perform abortions belong in a cage do we really think that that's a better world to solve that moral dilemma with bars and and cages and courtrooms
1: that's right man you explained it the first time to me um before i came around completely you know you used the example of you know should there be um Security cameras and operating rooms and security guards standing by in hospitals, you know what I mean, just in case an illegal abortion was performed or something like that, you know, and obviously the answer is no. But did you see what I sent you on Facebook about Dave Smith uh, tweeted at the Texas LP party? Yes, I did. So, I mean, just to add to the conversation again, my stance, I mean, literally is uh, the only person who I care about having an abortion is. You know, it would be like my wife, my sister, someone in my direct sphere of influence. Uh, anyone sure. else, I'm not going to tell them how to live their lives. But uh, it is a good conversation, and I think it's definitely worth having. And what it was, Dave Smith, the Texas LP, who uh, they have some pretty great tweets, honestly. like they're, they're up there. They're up there in South Dakota, Alaska, a little bit behind Oklahoma, but they're up there. And, uh, but they said, what, did it, real men like protect women's rights? Real then,
0: men don't try to tell women what to do.
1: Yeah, true. And then uh, Dave Smith said, "Men protect children." Yeah. So, so again, just to add to the conversation,
0: it's a it's a great it's a great concept. But what I hate about both of those sides, and what I love about the OK LP, and I think why we're the best LP in the country by far, is we don't take a stance on this. And the truth is, I don't think that we can. I don't think that libertarian should really take a firm stance on this because it takes humility to recognize that an issue is too complex for one person to fully dive into either side of Mm. and everybody else in this argument wants to say, no, it's black. No, it's white. Here's why we've got our reasons. And we're going to stand firmly on this side. That's great, but it's an extremely nuanced and an extremely complex issue. I see the good faith arguments on both sides. I believe in the sanctity of life. I believe in preserving the quality of rights or the quality of life and the rights of women. Um, and I don't think anybody has bad intentions on any side. Um, so I think as libertarians, I like the Mises idea of just leaving it out. We don't want to exclude people who are pro-life. We don't want to exclude people who are pro-choice. I do agree with the current national you know, platform plank that says that since it's such a complex issue, we think government should stay out of it. I'm anti-prohibition, not you know, anti-life. But I think, I think that an even better option as libertarians is probably not to take a stance at all. And just say, hey, this is complex and we're not asking government to do something about this. I feel like that takes a lot of humility.
1: You you can have a personal stance. You can and should. uh, But yeah, as far as asking the government to step in, uh, how about we don't? How about
0: we don't? Because it works so well every other time they step in, right? And as Winston Churchill says, and as so many economists have said in many other ways, whenever you regulate a white market, you create a black one. That's all they're going to do. And so... What we're going to see, if, if that really happens, if Roe versus Wade is really ever overturned, we'll see more coat hanger abortions, people using drugs, people trying to abort babies at home, and then we'll see a black market of doctors doing it illegally in back alleys and things like that, or you know whatever way they have to do it, but it's, it's still going to happen. Um, if, if there's an, a need for it, there's a market for it, it might be a higher price, but people are still going to pay it, and it's still going to happen, so um, that needs to be a cultural change. If Christians and the right want to get rid of abortion... They need to to help people with you know sex education and really just personal responsibility and, and things like that. That's the approach to take, in my opinion.
1: That's a hard that's a hard one. The personal responsibility, um, but yeah, I man, I mean it's huge. We can talk about it as much or as little as we want to, but uh, man, I feel like the bases are covered with just no prohibition. But yeah. I mean, I do encourage everybody to have that conversation. Try to be um, as level headed and you know about it as you possibly can, but uh, I think we need a lot more
0: nuanced conversations in our lives. I think it's very important. Exactly, dude. My my entire like Facebook debates all week have just been commenting on people's posts and being like, "You're oversimplifying this." I'm not taking a stance, but this is wrong. You know, that's all <laughs> I have to say. But you're absolutely right. Okay, so enough enough abortion. I'm depressed now. Let's talk about something happier, like uh, Afghanistan. That's happy,
1: <laughs> dude. You're so smooth. <laughs>
0: What do you think about
1: it? Well, so uh, today there's a sort of an interesting development. Uh, I heard that a lot of the people uh, on the ground, you know, like the civilians, the contractors, the vets that were over there helping. You heard about all that? Sure. Um, A lot of people, a lot of them are reporting that there were uh, pallets of cash being left behind. Pallets of cash. And what was posited was, well, hey, that makes the, the lists that we gave to the Taliban of the Americans that were still in country and all the green card holders, all those people that everybody is freaking out about rightly. So that might make a little bit more sense. Like, uh, a bribe. If you, exactly. If you were going to make sense out of all this, that, I mean, not even that you can or should, but that, that those two do go together. That could be a and B. They were given a list of names. There was a deal. There was a negotiation. There was a deal reached. Hey, we're going to give you a list of names. You let them exit the country and, you know, we're going to leave behind, you know, whatever we're going to print we're going to go ahead and print up you know 500 million dollars of taxpayer money for you whatever the case is um so i don't know that, that that's not confirmed it's not even been 100% confirmed the news has not acknowledged it the administration's not even acknowledged that that's happened but that is what's being reported and that is a possibility but um with everything that's happened so far i just want to point out that as bad as this is gone and i mean it surely was awful this is just a it's a reality. Like this is war. If you're not comfortable with something this awful, something getting screwed up this bad, then you don't need to be in a war in the first place. Damn right. I mean, really. I mean, this. I mean, I know this was handled worse than a lot of other situations in the past twenty years. Like this is definitely an example of you know poor leadership, and uh, I mean, it's been handled terribly. But uh, th- this is war. So I mean, think about that.
0: That's the very nature of war. Exactly. We we made those things inevitability the moment we entered, just like Vietnam. I mean, it's like there's not really a perfect way to safely pull out of a country whenever the enemy is advancing and you're pretty much giving them permission to advance. Um, But that's funny. That's interesting, you know, because we we used to say that the Taliban was a terrorist organization. I'm pretty sure that's still how it is. And the U.S. government has a policy not to negotiate with terrorist organizations. So which, of course, they do. I mean, they are one, so it's like kind of hard to talk about. But so if that's true, I'm sure that they're going to keep it. I'm sure it's CIA money. I'm sure it's dark money and they're never going to acknowledge it. But jokes on the Taliban because if those are US dollars, they won't be worth shit in a few months anyway. <laughs> Might as well just light it on fire. Keep yourself warm for a while.
1: Um, you Should've know, got J- them uh- Jocko Willink made a real good point a while back, but he was talking about used to, you know, especially the world wars, but even into like Vietnam and Korea, um, war was like all of your young men being called away, like all the young men in your town leaving and going off to a war and they're gone for years, you know, until the war is done. We have a really weird perspective on war now that we have, you know, 18, 12, 9, six and three month tours. You know what I mean? Um, it, we have just a very different wars, just kind of changed. And I mean, of course, with the military-industrial complex. Um, but I mean, it's just changed. But imagine how different it would be if it was like World War two, where uh, you know, just like all the young men in your town were gone. You know, half of them never to come back, and uh, they're gone until the war's over. You know what I mean? So,
0: yeah, it sure as hell wouldn't last twenty years because people uh, wouldn't put up with that. I mean, World exactly. War II it was a massive weight on everybody. I mean, they were selling bonds all of the factories were having to produce war materials. It's like the country was, you know, not starving, but they were definitely rationed during that. Exactly. time, and Definitely kind of suffocated during that time in a lot of ways. Um, if it was anything like that now, then people would actually care about it. But you're right because we have our nine month, our six month deployments because it's people who volunteered and it's a minority of them. It's really easy for the public to just ignore it. And it's funny because it keeps, it's just enough war that it keeps the glamour shots going. They can still do the patriotic stuff. They can still uh, have all the sweet homecoming videos on CNN. But it's not enough war that enough people actually have their sons coming home in coffins to give a shit.
1: Exactly, man. Exactly.
0: Hey, Thank that you. is from anti-state.com. Go support them. They're freaking awesome. But um, yeah. So you're you're absolutely right, though, man. It's and the fact that we've never had congressional approval for it you know or this whole time and we're in Syria right now still. I think I saw we have 900 troops still in Syria. Um a lot of them are green berets. But she says yes both. She likes both of our shirts. Well I was going to
1: say why, why did you think she was talking to you?
0: That uh, because she said hi not will. I need that shirt. You didn't see that other comment though. I sure. have the power. Um, but, uh, this is Braxton's date. shirt. He said, whenever we started the video, I was like, Hey, you remember we have a meeting after this podcast, right? And he's like, yeah, that's why I'm dressed for a date. It's true.
1: No comment.
0: (laughs) So, um, yeah. So how do you think we can uh, do better right now? Because we still have wars going on. How do we get that message to people? How do we make civilians feel the weight of what's actually happening over there? (laughs)
1: Um, we share the Libertarian Party Veterans Caucus on Facebook, on Twitter, <laughs> on Instagram. Um, Spike Cohen is working on his top fan badge right as we speak.
0: <laughs> um, he totally is one comment. He's getting there. <laughs> He's so close,
1: man. I mean, I, I mean, it's you know, you're you're fighting the military industrial complex. You're fighting the mainstream media. You're fighting the statist. But uh, it's uh you know, it's a worthy cause for sure. I don't have any uh, groundbreaking, you know, great ideas, but it's a fight we need to be fighting.
0: Yeah, damn right, man. I don't know. I don't know how to do it. Like videos, we need to get more veteran stories. I guess I guess we're doing it right now. This is what we need to be doing. But we need to elevate those stories. Honestly, something that we should probably make an effort to do is talk to Gold Star families, which is is so touchy. Such a difficult thing to do. But honestly, people need to hear From the people who have actually lost their sons and daughters, their fathers, their mothers, their, you know, their sisters and brothers. Those are powerful stories. Um, But but that's touchy because, right, you don't want to go to a Gold Star family and say, hey, we'd like to hear your story because we think that your son died for a corrupt reason. And we're trying to fight the government that got him killed. Most people probably buy into that narrative for the fact that it comforts them. And the sacrifice
1: dude, for sure. And I mean, not to not to cast you in a bad light at all, because I'm not suggesting you're doing this, but I'm really careful about that. No, I'm serious, because, um, you know, you never know the actual service members, political beliefs. You sure. know what I mean? Like they might have been. Through, sure. So, I mean, I don't want to. What would you call that? It's not uh, I mean, I guess you could call it, I don't want to bootstrap them into our <laughs> messaging. You know, but and I mean, I'm not saying you do, but that that is just something that I'm aware of. There are people that, you know, they wanted nothing more uh, with their life than to die for their country and uh, and you know, so on and so forth. So I don't you know w- what we post on the Veterans Caucus is always uh, very tasteful and it never uh, we never try to represent like the views of individual service members. Uh, we sure don't. But I, I think that's a little bit important.
0: You're absolutely right, man. I think, I think that's a great point. Like the Republicans and Democrats spend enough time doing that pandering and trying to take people's catastrophes and tragedies and turn them into votes. So maybe Mm. we should take the high road and not do that, Um, but we'll
1: figure something out.
0: Sure. sure. I still think those stories are relevant though. And if, uh, if somebody's, you know, parents or somebody else wants to have that conversation, um, I think that's still worth elevating. Even if, even if maybe their son or daughter thought what they were doing is noble. Mm. And like we've talked about before, There's still nobility in that sacrifice, even if they didn't fully understand the reasoning behind it. Um, There's still nobility in the desire to make that sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And I don't think for that person and their soul and their, you know, their individual will. I don't think that that discredits what they did whatsoever. But I still think 110 percent. Sure. Still a conversation to have. But um, what else you got on Afghanistan? I'm just gonna listen for a minute.
1: Afghanistan, man that that was about it. That was my hot take. That's the news I heard today. Um, over on the Drinking Bros podcast.
0: Nice. I gotta still listen to that.
1: Hmm. It's all right, Let's
0: talk about it's I. Let's talk about um. Let's talk about the vaccine discharges. So Representative Green, I forget what state he's from. But it's passed committee, so it was in the Armed Services Committee, it's passed committee to ban anything but an honorable, honorable discharge for a, a military member who refuses the COVID vaccine. Mm. Um, so that would be awesome. So basically, if they say no to the vaccine, they get to go home, they keep all of their benefits, they keep their honorable discharge on their DD-214, everything goes on normal. They just get an early ticket out of the military, which is exactly what it should be. How do you think, do you think that this has a chance of actually passing in a Democratic House?
1: dude you're getting way out of my realm um i was not a political science major in high school um I I really don't know. It's a little bit unlikely, but overall that's pretty positive because that seems acceptable to me. I think, I don't know. I've not read, like obviously I've not read the bill. I've not read into it. I think the characterization could still be a little bit less than desirable. Yeah. You have an honorable discharge, but they could hit you with uh, a different reenlistment code or even characterization that is not, you know, the best, not what they probably deserve for
0: that, but. They probably would have a, reenlistment code that bars them from reenlisting you'd assume I wonder if that's specified in the bill that's actually a really good question we should we should look into that further um but I would I would still be much happier with that than nothing or than them you know actually facing an article 92.
1: You know something that's really weird, and I mean, I, I hate to bring it up because I can't uh, show anything on it. But really early on in the pandemic, there was uh, articles going around of, uh, and you know, I probably sent them to you, but this was a long time ago. Of uh, there were articles saying that uh, people who have contracted the coronavirus cannot enlist in the military, even you know, months and years later. No way. Yeah, um, I wish if anybody if anybody watching remembers that and they have some information right on top. But yeah, if you could look it up, that was for sure a thing, and that just didn't make any sense to me. That was a really odd one.
0: I'm gonna check it out right now, just out of pure curiosity. Will you entertain entertain the audience while I look this up?
1: Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of a Will story.
0: I want to oh, tell God. a Will story. Exactly. I'm trying to think of which ones. <laughs> Now I'm distracted. I can't even remember what I was looking up. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Like I said, this was early, early on. This is before there were any vaccines. But
0: I don't see anything about that COVID you vaccine being required. Oh, uh, oh, I found it. Okay, hold on. This is pretty old, but yeah, mm. there's something about it.
1: And I mean, all I read was the headline. That's all I read. But uh, I just thought that was very interesting.
0: Uh, But it still says says anybody can return in 14 days, I believe.
1: Oh, see, this had to do with like enlisting in the military. People that have tested positive for COVID. uh, But the way it was worded was really weird. And this was pre-vaccine. It's like if you've had COVID and gotten over it, um, you can't join the military. No, you're right, dude.
0: So I'm looking at this from Military Times, but it says that, yeah, that was, it's changed since then. New policies come out since then. But at one point, very early on, like back in last May, um, there was a time period when having COVID would disqualify you. And apparently, this wasn't actually like a DOD thing, it was just like a MEPS guidance that came down. So
1: could you put that up just so people know we're not totally full of crap? Sure, I can try. Not not exactly
0: the most techie. Oh, you're Uh, techie enough. Appreciate that. That's the biggest compliment I've had today. Uh, Boom. Okay. That's what I'm here for. So past COVID-19 diagnosis is a no-go for processing, according to a recently released MEPCOM memo circulating on Twitter. Didn't even know there was a MEPCOM. That's got to be the absolute worst command of all. (laughs) Um, Confirmed by lab test or clinical diagnosis is permanently disqualifying. Permanently disqualifying. Wow.
1: What was the headline on that? Can you go back just to see the headline? Coronavirus survivors banned from
0: joining the military. Yep, that's and the one, man. Weird. Military Times is definitely a good news source. I mean, they're they're obviously biased to military stuff, but I mean, it's it's legit, you know. They're not they're not Fox or CNN or any of those liars. But uh interesting, dude. Well, I hope this bill passes. Um I think that there's enough, you know, Middle-of-the-road Democrats to probably make it happen. The fact that it already passed the Armed Services Committee—it's not like that's just all Republicans. So the fact that it already passed committee is a pretty good sign. But it hasn't made any headway since then. But it's attached to a really big bill. It's just an amendment, mm-hmm. um, so that's probably the reason why. It's probably something they have to do all at once, and that means Nancy Pelosi's—you know—the dog guarding the door. So, oh well, you know, she,
1: she's in favor of passing the bill so that you know what's in them. So I guess that's going to go through. True. Yeah. Right. Exactly.
0: Exactly. She wants to pass it so everybody can actually read it.
1: Yep. Exactly. So, golden. Okay. Man, you remember that idea I had? Um, what would it look like if uh, all? What if all four star generals were members of Congress, and um, they could only vote on military uh, issues? But then the rest of Congress also has to vote on the military issues. But that's all the generals could vote on was the military issues. So, <laughs> and there's there's forty four stars throughout the rank.
0: Wow, I, I didn't know that okay. So all I mean, branches?
1: Yeah, all together. Admirals, generals, um, yeah, admirals and generals, there's 44 stars total. What okay. if they were all Congressmen or they were yeah, they all worked in DC, and uh, they could only vote on military issues, but you still needed the rest of Congress's approval?
0: I really I really like that concept. I think that that's like a centimeter in the right direction. Right, because you're right. They'd be accountable for the military. They'd represent the military a lot better than Congress would. Um, but then, what I also see is like still how disconnected a four star general is from the rest of the military. I'm not sure that they'd be that different from a politician. I mean, they've been very, very political to get to the point of four. Oh, absolutely,
1: general. it's just. I mean, it would just kind of be. Uh, man, they would just be a little bit closer to the people voting for the stuff. You know, they do now. I mean, just a little bit more of a liaison. Um, And I mean, I don't know. That's just an idea I had. Uh, Just wanted to float it out there.
0: (laughs) I like that idea. It'd almost be cool if there was, um, hmm, it'd be cool if there was some way to just kind of have like a random pool of military members show up and vote. But then it's like, then we get into the much deeper debate of representation, period. And it's like, well, everybody should have that right. And that's what we're supposed to have in Congress, period. And we just don't. So uh, just burn it all down. That's all I say. Thought you had something. My bad. Well,
1: what, do you, what would it be like if our uh, congressmen and senators were assigned instead of elected? And even, I mean, you could even get like really just, I mean, it could be random. Like, hey, guess what? You know, you're moving to D.C. Uh, or it could even be like they could have quotas like a certain amount of that represents the population, a certain amount of college graduates, a certain amount of high school graduates, so on and so forth.
0: I think there's, there's so many different ways to do it that would make it more representative. Oh, and none of Um,
1: which are going to happen.
0: We're just talking for fun. No, no, for sure. I'm just trying to run my mind through it, but it's, it's like, hmm. to me, I don't like the idea of like the jury duty type of, of Congress, because I don't think the average person can understand, especially okay. At the national level, if that was for like local politics, I feel like that would make a lot more sense. At the national level, I feel like that's that's too complicated for most people to wrap their heads around. I don't think most people even know what's in the constitution or what the basic function of our is supposed to be anyway. Um, and maybe I'm an elitist for thinking that, but I, I don't <laughs> I was, think
1: so. You're saying that the government's smarter than us?
0: Fuck you, dude. I'm saying <laughs> I'm saying that politicians in Congress and the Senate are smarter than the average American probably. And I could stand by that. I I don't think they're better. I don't think they're more compassionate. (laughs) Well, guys, that's our show. Braxton has disconnected. Honestly, don't know where he went, but thanks for being here. I've apparently offended him. So what do you guys think? Do you guys think that politicians in Washington are smarter then no, don't come back in the backstage, dude. I'm not putting you back on for a while. Do you guys think that politicians are smarter than the average American? Yes or no?
1: Even if that's something we do not say ever. No, man, I'm messing with you, obviously. But, you know, my whole idea, the entire reason I thought that in the first place, I was just trying to think of how to uh,
0: disincentivize um, political office. Jennifer says no and she makes the best memes so i don't want to piss her off but I'll, well, and, we'll take and you that. know
1: the thing is like if the uh, if the issues that are being voted on you know if not decided for us are too complicated for the uh, average american to understand they shouldn't be you know decided for others
0: anyways facts i completely so. agree with that statement and that's why we need to not have a federal government in the first place or at least if we need to have a federal government it needs to be basically returned to the constitution and that's it because um there's so many pages of laws it's far too complicated for any one politician to understand let alone in any layman, even somebody who's been in politics for 60 years, doesn't understand every law in our government. Um, So I completely agree with you, but I still stand by my point. I think that, I think that on average, even though I think they're far, far, far more evil, far worse people, far less integrity than the average American. I think that there's, I think that they're probably a little bit more intelligent.
1: What's the highest seat of power in the United States?
0: Probably a Supreme Court justice or Board of the Federal Reserve. Oh, I, was hoping,
1: I was hoping you'd say president. No, I don't think so. Do you think so? Um, the height of power. I mean, they're they're the first person that has the nuclear launch codes. True. Um, but no, dude, you're right. As far as a politician whose uh, voice decisions like actually matter, Supreme Court justice for sure. But...
0: Yeah, they have the most power to actually do like lasting things, you know, like a president can make an executive order. He can do a lot of damage in a short period of time. But when the Supreme Court does something, it lasts a very long time. It's extremely hard to undo. So Mm -hmm. that's why I that's why I lean that direction for who has the most power overall. That's a tough question, though. So let's talk about the Veteran Caucus. We have a meeting tonight about it, but uh, we've got two new guys we've brought in. Ben Weir, Michael Lama. They're both from California. They're both super gung-ho, super principled libertarians. Um, very serious about bringing this to the next level. Where do you think we're going? What, are, what do you see us doing?
1: Um, Everything. <laughs> Man, I mean, what Damn, what a question to put on me. Where do you think we're going? What do you think we're doing? <laughs> um, Dude... Do, Um, dude, I don't even know how to take that one. I like Ben. I like Michael. Um, very, very excited. Uh, yeah, I'm very optimistic too. They, they're a lot, I guess you could say like us. They're a lot, you know, what we're looking for. Um, they're very, uh, I'd like to, and I mean, I don't know either one of them personally, necessarily not yet, but I would describe them as having like predator eyes, very looking forward. Um, Michael is a Marine. Ben was uh, in the army and he was a grunt and both of them are active in the Mises caucus, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they're, they're very serious. They're very principled. Um, It's going to be big.
0: Hell yeah, man. We're uh, almost to 5,000 likes and follows on Facebook. We're uh, pretty close to being the largest libertarian veteran page that there is. I'm really excited to cross that threshold because there's another one that shall not be named that, uh, is the bane of my existence. I don't even follow them, but they're so, they're so left leaning that it just frustrates the living hell out of me. They're always posting anti-liberty shit.
1: Well, you know, I think, I mean, I'm not like necessarily defending them. Um, I definitely don't have the beef with them that you do. Not that it's real beef, but I think it's just like one or two particular admins. Uh, it's
0: one guy. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. So
0: actually he's actually commented on our stuff a lot. I blocked him from the page just because he's getting on my nerves. Unilateral decision-making. That's what the Veteran Caucus is all about. (laughs) Dictatorial decision-making. But yeah, man, I'm super excited. So I was actually – I was just running today, and on my run, I was like picturing myself at Reno next year for the Libertarian National Convention. And I was like, you know what? I better have a motherfucking veteran pin. I better have a Veteran Caucus pin on my lapel by that point. So we're getting those. Challenge coins, T-shirts, no-brainer. Honestly, once we can start taking money – Sky's the limit
1: with our proprietary uh workupine.
0: Our workupine, that's right. If you guys didn't know that, it's called the workupine. Jennifer says, We all know the Libertarian Royal Green Caucus is the best. All right, Jennifer, it is the newest caucus in the Libertarian Party. So if you guys aren't members of it, please go to the Libertarian Royal Green Caucus. Um, what's the other caucus? I don't follow the drama or caucuses. Okay, so there's. <clears throat> There's another libertarian veteran page but it's not a caucus. We're the only veteran caucus. So, it's different. Um it's just it's just a libertarian who's also a vet but he's very left-leaning and I don't feel like I feel like we're pretty middle of the road. I don't think any of us lean right whatsoever um or left. I feel like we're pretty pure and and I like to keep it that way.
1: That is true. Um and yeah, it's not really it's not like an official it's not an official group. It's just like a interest page, I guess.
0: Yeah. It's a much better way to put it. Yeah, so there's no there's no caucus war or anything like that besides the other caucuses that are always warring. But uh, we're different. We just focus yeah, on veteran issues.
1: 316 of them. Exactly. The Armed Bear Caucus in Oklahoma.
0: Uh, that's right. That's, that's like, a great caucus.
1: Two members. They're That's very, right. It's like trying to get into the Finer Things Club. They just won't let you
0: know. Oh, my gosh. You should ask them. You should seriously try to get in on the Armed Bear Caucus.
1: I I don't feel like getting shot down.
0: (laughs) That's the cool thing about the Libertarian Party is that we can make our own caucuses. I was thinking the other night how cool it is, right? We're the only caucus, though, that also exists in Washington because there's not a pragmatic caucus in D.C. There's not a Mises caucus in D.C., but there are veteran caucuses in the House and Senate that are real. So we're the only caucus that I think that's – it gives us an air of legitimacy because it's already something that people are like familiar with hearing on the news their whole lives. And it's something that, you know, seems, seems normal.
1: Hmm.
0: Are you aware of that?
1: Um, yeah, but that, I, I didn't think that was a selling point. I thought that that makes me feel dirty.
0: <laughs> I never thought it was a selling point. It's never crossed my mind until about a week ago. And then I realized that and I was like, huh, I wonder if that gives us any like leverage because we're the only libertarian caucus. That's actually a caucus in other parties too. Hmm. Um, and, yeah, you're right. That does make you feel a little bit dirty. But, hey, let's just be the best veteran caucus. The rest of them only allow actual politicians to be in. We allow all of our members to be in. So it's much cooler. Yeah, of cooler. course. Of course. Yeah. But uh, anyway, brother, we got, we're got we 35 minutes in, running out of time a little bit. <laughs> what uh, What's on your mind?
1: What's on my mind? Dude, what are you uh, – <laughs> are we allowed to tell everybody what's been going on with – the bootleg
0: uh yeah bootleg can we can we talk about your personal problems on here problem no problems i mean yeah we might only talk about one but they're definitely they're definitely many sure so go ahead
1: um our dear bootleg did contract the coronavirus maybe He said he felt like he had the coronavirus, and uh, it had him down and out for all of you know like (laughs) eighteen hours. But he's doing a lot better now. Thankfully, good thing he's been uh, quadruple jabbed.
0: That's exactly right. Quadruple jabbed. Have you got your vaccine? Are you jabbed? No, of course not, dude. No, I'm jabbed.
1: I know you are. You you put a picture of your vaccination card on Facebook.
0: Just like a good little vaccine boy that I am. Um.
1: You did do that. So we've got tomorrow
0: night, guys, <clears throat> on Not A Real Libertarian. We've got Janae LeBlanc from the Redacted Caucus. So that should be interesting. That's rescheduled from last week. And then Friday night, we're doing two shows for Not A Real Libertarian this week. We've got Sean Thorne, who is running for House, House of Representatives in Alaska. And he's actually born and raised Alaskan, running against people who are living in Texas currently trying to run in Alaska. Um, so that's going to be awesome. Hopefully we can get him some publicity. I was,
1: was going to say we went down like one point five thousand followers on the page right when you said that.
0: <laughs> I don't care. Uh, I'm all for personal choices. I feel like I made the best educated decision I possibly could. I stand by it still to this day. Um, my health is in, in, the place where I feel like I would take coronavirus on or the side effects of the vaccine just as equally. I don't give a shit. Um, but for my work, I, I knew it was the best thing to do. And I'm a capitalist uh, before an anti vaxxer for damn sure. Oh, and you paid for the shot? No, I just need the shot to get paid. Oh. A lot of my job is going into nursing homes and assisted living centers. And for a long time, you had to be vaccinated to get into those places. Um, so I I need to earn a paycheck. So Why? I was bribed.
1: If you're, well, no, no. I mean, if you're vaccinated, can you not spread it to the patients in the hospitals?
0: I mean, you're a lot less likely of a chance you spread it to the patients. Really? Yes.
1: Oh, I did not know that.
0: Oh. Uh-huh. But uh, anyway, anything else you got, brother? Anything you want to plug?
1: Um, yeah, of course. What have you been watching lately?
0: <clears throat> Nothing.
1: Man, those uh, triathlons are really doing a number on your Netflix.
0: <laughs> Dude, no shit. I've uh, I'm sorry. I've been too happy to watch TV lately. I really, I've been uh, just living. I've been the only media I've been consuming is basically podcasts and Clubhouse sometimes in the mornings. And um, yeah, I haven't watched shit, man. But I, I'd like to. I'm sure winter's coming soon. Win- winter is coming, so I'm sure it'll be.
1: Man, because you got uh, what? You're halfway through with the last season of Attack on Titan.
0: Right, approximately and halfway through you started. I probably uh, I probably won't finish it to be completely honest with you, I uh, really, I don't know, I just got burned out on it. It was cool, but the last season's so different from the rest of them i was I was kind of kind of over it. you're the you're literally the one who got me to watch it i I know, and that's just very characteristic of our friendship and the relationship we have to shows and movies and stuff. so <laughs> I feel like you shouldn't be that surprised.
1: there's that. All right,
0: well, please go, guys. Follow the Libertarian Party Veteran Caucus if you don't already. We're almost to 5,000 likes and follows. We'd like to get there soon, but um, we're going to do big things, so be a part of it. Go to the Oklahoma Libertarian Party on Facebook and Twitter. Give us a follow as well. Um, ElectNatalieBruno.com, Natalie Bruno for Governor of Oklahoma. And That's all the plugs I got.
1: Um, man, I didn't know you were about to pull the plug on us, so I thought I had some prepared, but... <laughs> I don't remember them right at this second, but the same same ones as usual, I suppose. Man, I was trying to – yeah, I guess. Same same ones as usual. That's about it.
0: Oh, I still can't fucking do it. Boom. Very nice. Very nice. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. We will see you tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Central on Not A Real Libertarian. And, uh, yeah, thanks for being here.